Hi there Championship fans, we're back with a lockdown episode of the Pure Championship podcast, a pure football podcast purely focusing on the Scottish Championship. Because we've got absolutely no idea what's going to happen to the end or even the entirety of the Scottish Championship season, we're not going to talk about that today. Cammy and I are going to discuss and debate some options for who should go in the Championship team of the season so far, aren't we Cammy? Yeah, indeed we are. Uh, of course, Chris, this is your first podcast back after your tour of Europe, so how, how was that tour? It was good, thank you for asking, and it's, it's good to be back too. I, I managed to successfully, I, I think anyway, uh, avoid coronavirus. I, I've never had any symptoms or anything like that, so um, so yeah, I, I don't really want to talk too much about uh, coronavirus today, but uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a, a really good trip. Um, and, and went managed to get in uh, a good couple of matches of football before it all stopped. But none of it really was quite the same as watching a championship game, was it? Of course, exactly. Um, the none uh, watching Barcelona at the New Camp didn't come anywhere close to to watching Morton uh, on a rainy Saturday afternoon at Capital. So shall we get started then? Yeah, let's get going. Um, we're going to be going through each position. Uh, and given uh, a few options of who we think should be in the team of the season. And we're going to start with goalkeepers, aren't we, Cammy? Yeah, we are. Um, are you want to start or shall I start here? I, well, let's quickly uh, discuss who who we think are, are kind of some of the, the big options um, to go in the team of the season. So let's just list them quickly and then we'll have a, a bit of a chat. Uh, Robin McCrory uh, is on our list. Uh, we've got Benji Segrist. We've got Mark Ridgers. And Jamie McDonald, I think, are my big ones for. Oh, and Ross Doon, sorry, um, are kind of the big ones for who the contenders are. I think that should be in a team of the season. Would you largely agree with that little list? Yeah, no, I mean we've we've been blessed with quite a few good goalies this season. Um, and yeah, I mean I can't really complain with any of the five options that you've picked. Of course, McCrory was only here for half a season. He was on loan at Queen of the South from Rangers and after his good form was then recalled by Rangers and loaned out to Premiership Club Livingston and Jamie McDonald was kind of in a similar position. He was loaned in by Aloha from Kilmarnock after Neil Parry went down with quite a serious injury and kind of spent I think 18 or 19 games with them and he then got injured and got taken back to Kilmarnock. But, I mean, I think the form that the pair of them showed in even their short time is certainly deserving of at least a shout for a place in the team. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest debate with those two, isn't it, in terms of if it was if it was a normal season and we'd had all of the matches, can a goalkeeper, or any player really, who's only been on loan for half the season, really stake a claim to be in the team of the entire season? What What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's it's quite difficult to determine things like that. We do have like a few other players throughout this list who are kind of in similar positions, but I think you need to consider the impact that these players have made. You look at McCrory in particular, Queen of the South were absolutely flying at the start of the season. They had the best defensive record for a, for a long, long time, and that was largely in part to McCrory, who, with, with all due respect to Queen of the South, was, was a real standout and a really poor Queen of the South team, and... Uh, in 19 games for them he conceded 21 goals and although he only kept 5 clean sheets that doesn't sound all that great but when you consider kind of some of the saves he was making and kind of some of the results he was saving I guess kind of he made a number of results kind of remain draws that could have ended up wins the other way or could uh, kept wins kind of for Queen of the South that could have ended draws or losses so I mean I think certainly he's 
he was massive and you, you've just kind of got to look at how Queen of the South have kind of collapsed I guess you could say since he left his replacement Ross Stewart who came in from Ross County no sorry Livingston um, getting my Ross Stewart's muddled up there um, <laughs> Ross Stewart has conceded 19 goals in his 9 games um, and he's kept just one clean sheet and on top of that Queen's haven't even won a single game with him in goals so I think that's quite telling about just how big a player McCrory was for Queen of the South in in his half season with them. Yeah, and it's similar for Jamie McDonald as well, isn't it? In terms of not that actually many clean sheets, but when you're watching the the matches and especially, well, if you're watching them in the matches that that we both get to go live to, but if you're watching the highlights as well, these two players really stood out for us a lot of times in terms of all the the saves that they were making, and not just obviously simple saves, but cracking saves that keeps both of their sides in the matches, like you said, for McCrory at Queen's. Yeah, and I mean, it was no different for McDonald. I think a few times in the podcast, we did say McDonald kind of appeared to be on a one-man mission to save the Wasps. I mean, they kind of went for a week in a poor patch of form, weren't winning, weren't winning many games, but I mean, he was doing absolutely everything. He, he's made a few penalty saves, he made a few cracking cracking saves, and I mean, he, he's certainly no kind of spring chicken or anything like that. He's, he's a fail, I mean, I know goalies can play kind of late into their 30s, but as far as goalies in the championship are concerned, he's, he's, he's quite old. I think he's 34 or 35, maybe. Um, but some cracking saves, and like you say, the same as McCrory was absolutely pivotal. No, definitely. And I guess comparing those two up against some of the other names we've got on the list, you, you've got Benji Segrist. Now, he's top of the league with Dundee United. I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's kept the most clean sheets out of all the keepers in the league so far this season. It's 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 obvious that he's going to be on this list, but for me, he has that kind of luxury, if you like, as a goalkeeper of playing behind the best team in the league, um, and he doesn't face that many shots, he doesn't concede that many goals, and I mean, yes, he is called into action occasionally, but not as much as the likes of McDonald have been or McCrory were as well. So those are the those are the keepers that stand out more for me rather than the ones that are maybe playing in the best teams. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. That's certainly something I had down in my notes. That, I mean, I don't think you can discount what Segrist has done. He's certainly done really well, and I think he's only conceded something like 21 or 22 goals uh, across yeah, the, the, however, the, however many games they've played. So yeah, they've got the best. They've got the best defense in the league. 22 goals conceded, and and as far as I'm concerned, he's probably played the the vast majority of of the league matches so far this season, if not all. So he has been the keeper that has contributed to that but I think with Dundee United it's a bit more of a team effort rather than the keeper being amazing to, to make them concede less goals. Yeah exactly I mean I think just using McCrory and McDonald I'd say they were far more important to their sides and Segrist has been of course goalies is always an important position but certainly when you look at the difference McCrory made I, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer that he should be ahead of, of Segrist. Um, He's not the only player that we've got on that list. You did mention Mark Ridgers at Inverness um, and Ross doing it air. Two good goalies in their own right. Both both keepers who have been consistent for the past two two seasons now. And yeah, I mean, what, what do you kind of think of the pair of them? I think doing was probably better last season than he has been this season. Um, I think he's, he's had a, a couple more mistakes creep into his game so far this season, especially maybe in the last couple of months of the season when we were playing. Um, Ridgers impressed me too. Um, at times, he, he, again, he's a really good shot stopper. 
But again, especially the first half of the season, which we'll go into when we talk about the centre half, so he was playing behind a very good defence um, as well. Um, so I think for me, I think Robbie McCrory just gets my pick, but Benji Segrist a little bit, just just a tad behind, um, both for different reasons I think there, but McCrory's get, getting my pick for, for keeper of the season so far. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Before we move on, we've also got a few honourable mentions, if you like. Um, one of those players being Connor Hazard, who is uh, on loan at Dundee from Celtic. Hazard has only played 11 games, so I mean, it's quite quite harsh to push him in front of, kind of other players who've played at least half the season. But I mean, I think his performances certainly deserve to be, to be highlighted. He's only conceded six goals and kept six clean sheets, and... I mean, not that's exactly the hardest of things to be, but he's 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 absolutely miles better than Hamilton, uh, Dundee's other keeper. And I mean, it would have been really interesting to kind of see how he'd have fared over a whole season. But certainly a really positive spell from him, and maybe he might spend another season in the Championship next year as well. Um, yeah, probably doing good, wouldn't it? And another player that we feel should get a shout out, Neil Parry. Um, Parry. I think you could probably say is the best part-time goalkeeper in the country. Um, unfortunately, we just played six games. When we were speaking about McDonald, we did mention uh, Parry's really serious injury. And I mean, when you listen to his recent interview with Kenny Crawford of the BBC, if I recall correctly, it sounded absolutely horrendous. It, uh, basically, I can't remember where it was he'd injured, but it sounded like it was, well, as I say, horrendous. It's not even something you want to bear thinking about. But I mean... Parry's only played the six games, as I said, but he's kept three clean sheets in that. So basically, if he played all season, he'd had eighteen clean sheets. So I mean, t- make of that what you will. Yeah, I think I was I was going to make a claim for McDonald and Parry to come as like a duo uh, in goals because yeah, like you said, they've they've both been on kind of missions to keep Aloha up almost. Um, just one thing while you were mentioning their kind of best part time keepers in the country, I do feel a little bit bad that we're not talking about our both goalies. Um, Derek Gaston and, and a little bit of, of uh, Dan Jameson as well um, obviously they've act like we said part time team they currently have the, the second best defensive record in the league as well um, don't know their, their kind of clean sheet stats off by heart um, either but but yeah I, I thought we could just quickly mention them as well because they have been uh, pretty important for, for that our both side that's so far this season too yeah absolutely so shall we move on to the full backs then let's do it uh, we well, let's talk about kind of right backs uh, first. So we've picked out Liam Smith and we've picked out Sean Rooney, um, and then at left back we've picked out Daniel Harvey and Jamie Robson. Um, this was quite a tricky position for us to to d- discuss and debate, wasn't it, Cammy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I can't remember who said it. I'm sure there's a quote somewhere about fullback being the least sexy position on the football pitch and I mean it's not wrong it's not the easiest of things to stand out as a fullback unless you're an Andy Robertson or, or a Triton Alexander-Arnold or someone kind of really at the top who really stands out but I think at championship level fullbacks really aren't positions folk really pay much attention to but there are still a few players that have got our eye this season um, not as many kind of as goalkeepers have but certainly still a few players who have played really well and perhaps went under the radar of just kind of people who just watch the championship and don't really pay too much attention to everything that goes on. Yeah, and Sean Rooney was definitely one 
it's, like you said, it, it's, sometimes it is quite difficult, especially in kind of the more cautious tactical approaches. Shall we say? Um, you were you were bringing up kind of Liverpool's wing backs and, and full backs there, but um, yeah, as some of the managers are, are much more cautious in our league. So again, this is not a not a sexy position uh, if you like. But but Sean Rooney's definitely stood out for me um, at Inverness. Uh, I think you you've jotted down in our in our joint notes that uh, three goals and three assists, not a bad return at all from from right back, is it? Uh, Rooney is someone who has really surprised me this season, especially as I'd mentioned earlier on in the season how poor he was at Dunfermline. I didn't really think much was going to come of his career, but he, he certainly proved me wrong. He had a spell at Queen of the South where he improved, earned himself to this move to Inverness. He's improved again, and he's now earned himself a move to. Premiership Club St. Johnston. One of the things that has really stood out to the pair of us this season has been his dribbling ability. I mean, it's not at all uncommon to see Rooney kind of bombing down and kind of waltzing between midfield defenders the lot. He's done it a good few times, and I think it's one of the things you see in almost every highlight tape of Inverness's games. Rooney isn't a player scared to go forward, and I think a lot of fullbacks these days kind of have to have that ability about them. It's no longer just a sit back and defend position because I'll, I'll use Robertson and Alexander-Arnold again as an example. You just need to look at the kind of impact they can have for a team whipping in crosses and getting forward and stuff like that. And I mean, Rooney is obviously nowhere near on that level, but I mean, I think that's kind of what managers want from their fullbacks these days. And Rooney's certainly doing a really good job. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we spoke about him quite a lot earlier on in the season and we, we kept saying that he, he probably... For, from what his form was he probably could get that move up to the premiership level I think St Johnson's a good move for him um, and I think he'll continue to to impress uh, next season definitely um, he's, he's in both of our teams isn't he Cammy we've, we've picked him over Liam Smith yeah he has I mean Liam Smith was quite a difficult one to leave out I mean Smith was good at Air United uh, last season end himself the move to Dundee United and I mean he's been really really solid I mean I can't really recall anything going wrong for him eh, from all the games that have been been played and whatnot. but I mean I just think based on what Rooney's contributed I, I think he just slightly edges it but Smith a very very close second for me yeah definitely uh, and fullback we've got a, probably a, another Dundee United player uh, coming in a very very close second um, in Jamie Robson um, I think he's he, he was very highly rated when he was initially coming through I think he had maybe a couple of years where he, he dipped kind of below expected performance levels or maybe it was just him not really living up to that initial kind of promise um, but I think he's been he's been really impressive this season like we said in that in that very good Dundee United team difficult to leave out Dundee United players from this list I think uh, we'll get on to some of the suggestions that we had on Twitter and, and Joe who you had on the podcast uh, while I was away obviously um, you, you, you had a, a focus on the team and not, I'm not saying that they've none of them have had a good season that's not the case whatsoever but I think some players have just impressed us a little bit more and at left back we've gone for Daniel Harvey as well haven't we? Yeah, we have. Harvey's a player that we've kind of raved about all season long, a real pure championship favourite, if you like, and a player who I think could certainly do really well kind of at Premiership level, and I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised to see a Premiership club pick him up. He's out of contract in the summer, so I mean, I think clubs would be silly not to go for him. I think he was formerly at Aberdeen, yeah, um, yeah. and I mean, I think, I, I think he's kind of similar to Rooney in the fact that he's great going forward. He's maybe not scored as much or assisted as much but certainly 
always looks dangerous going forward and a player that me and you have both really enjoyed watching. Yeah, definitely. He kind of roams forward quite well uh, and I think him, if you had a team that, that had Rooney on the, the left back and, and Harvey on the uh, Rooney on the right back and Harvey on the left back then that is a, a, a decent full-back pairing. Um, like like we've said, maybe not uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and Andy Robertson levels, but uh, good for very good for, for Scottish football. Absolutely, absolutely. So just before we move on, I do want to give a wee honourable mention. This might be a wee bit of a biased kind of selection, but I've yep, got yep, to yep, shout yep, out... Yep, definitely. <laughs> I've got to shout out Lewis Martin here. I mean, Lewis Martin is someone who has been a really consistent performer throughout the season for Dunfermline, but... I mean, I, I wasn't quite sure whether to put him in left-back, right-back or centre-back categories. played right across the back line and, I mean, I think he could probably be the winner of Mr Consistent for the Pars this year and I think he certainly deserves a shout-out. He, maybe not as much as Rooney or Harvey, still manages to get forward, has popped up with a few goals and assists here and there and, I mean, although not actually in the Championship, that performance he put in against Celtic in the Betfred Cup was... One of the best performances I think I've seen from any individual pass player this season. So just had to shout Lewis Martin out there. I was going to shout out Reagan Tumulty because obviously I spent the whole first half of the season uh, wishing he would come back to Capelo. Um But uh, and he has been good since he got back, but it's definitely not worth uh, shouting out for a team of the season contender. Um, let's move on to centre-backs. Right, so for centre-back then we have uh, another few players who have only can add half seasons, but uh, still certainly deserving possible of a place in the team so that we've got Jamie McCart of Inver- formerly of Inverness now at St Johnson Cole Donaldson formerly of Inverness now at Ross County Alwa Athletic Captain and Veteran Andy Graham uh, Arbroath's Tam O'Brien Morton's On Loan uh, Jack Baird and Air United's Aaron Muirhead uh, so talk me kind of through a few of these players then I similarly to um, kind of uh, Alawa's goalies Neil Parry and Jamie McDonald. I was going to kind of group together Jamie McCart and Cole Donaldson because I think they kind of came as a package over that first half of the season uh, and obviously both left Inverness at similar times too um, we'd, we'd spotted in the, the couple of games that, that did happen after they left uh, that maybe their defence was, was a little bit more shaky um, definitely didn't look as settled as it definitely did in that first half of the season um, and I think they're both very good players, McCart especially, and and McCart gets the kind of nod in my uh, team of the season over over Donson and and over some of the other centre backs in this list just because I think he does have that potential. He obviously had a very good pedigree when he was coming through as a youth at Celtic. Um, he's had that had that kind of like footballing upbringing, if you like, at, at a very good club, coached from a very good level at a young age, and I just think he is starting to fulfil that promise a little bit, and I think that move that he got. Um, down to Inverness and, and having those that, that kind of good level of playing experience um, in the Championship has, has really stood him in good stead and I think we already saw that for the couple of games that he did play for St Johnston in the Premiership after the move that he, he made Yeah absolutely, I've went for Donaldson for my first centre-back over McCart, I mean I think looking at the numbers it just kind of swung it for me but I mean I think you could have put either in and it wouldn't have been a problem at all I, I mean I'd, I'd like to have put both in but I mean I, I think there's a few other players who possibly deserve in in ahead um, the reason I picked Donaldson was because before leaving he actually had the fourth best tackles per 90 for centre backs in the division 
with 0.76 and it also won the actually also had the second best aerial duels one percentage uh, at 71 percent so i mean i think that they're kind of two of the main things you want from your center half you want them to be able to tackle you want them to be able to head the ball clear and donaldson's certainly very good at that so he's getting my shout and, and mccart got your shout so what about your second center back shout my second set back is is Tam O'Brien. Um, so I think we he's been kind of lauded as the best part-time defender in the country, um, which I think is, is certainly the case. But I think he's probably been the, the best defender in the league um, so far this season, in, in all honesty for me. Um, he, he's just completely solid. Uh, he's been a massive factor in our growth form this season. We obviously just brought it up when we were talking about um, Gaston and, and Jameson at, at the back, but second best defensive record in the league. They don't score that many, um, but to keep that little, that, that few uh, goals out in the matches that they've they've played, I think it works out as just one a match. They've, they've only played 26 uh, fixtures in the league, um, which is just phenomenal for a team coming up from, from the league below. Um, and we've already talked about Dick Campbell kind of working wonders and Tam O'Brien has, has not put a foot wrong at all in that step up from League One to the Championship Absolutely, I mean I'm not picking O'Brien in my team but it's a, possibly the closest kind of gap between first and second but I'm instead going for another part-time defender and that is Aloha Athletics Andy Graham It's quite a controversial choice from you Cami this is this is probably a contentious one that we might get some replies on yeah, I mean, I can understand why Graham has spent much of the season out with a very, very serious kind of back injury. Um, but I was actually really surprised when I was just looking up numbers and stuff like that. He'd actually played 17 games. I really didn't think he'd played as much as that, but he did. And he's been absolutely rock solid at the back for the Wasps. Kind of, since he went out of the team, they've had to play quite a makeshift defence. Um, and... I mean, it's, it's not exactly been quite as good, but something I really liked about Graham, eh, on top of the fact that he had the most successful defensive actions for a centre-back across the league eh, for centre-halves with over a 1,000 minutes and had more tackles per 91 than any other centre-back for over a 1,000 minutes was how how he proved to be such an excellent mentor for young Robbie Dees. Um, Robbie Dees is another player we, who could possibly be on the kind of fringes of this team and... I mean, that, that's, I think, in large part due to Graham, who has done really well to kind of help Dees come along. And, yeah, I mean, I mean that's why I'm picking Andy Graham. There's there's a lot to like about him, and especially given he's 36. A lot of players are kind of on the downward at this stage, but Graham's still performing at a really consistent level and has been captain fantastic for, for Aloha. Yeah, definitely. I think he's definitely been good, but but for me, I, yeah, I think that's one of your that's one of your controversial choices uh, in the team in the season. Um, I think a controversial choice that I could have made, and I was I was quite close to making, was was sticking Jack Baird in mine. Um, Morton's defence, as we've spoken about loads, has been absolutely atrocious uh, for the vast majority of the season. We we have conceded the most goals across the division, um, but Jack Baird has actually been uh, a kind of shining light, and and since he came in. I think it was on uh, kind of deadline day in the summer, and um, we'd already had a couple of shocking results in the league uh, ahead of that. But but he came in and kind of uh, really helped 
attempt to shore it up a little bit. Um, he's he's got the most goals of any centre back in the league, which is obviously a really good trait to have um, for your centre backs and uh, be a constant danger um, in the attacking box as well as a, a decent uh, player in the in the defensive one. Um, and yeah, I just think he's he's been a, a really good presence at the back, and and it'll be a real shame to see him go back to St Mirren. But uh, a bit baffling as to why St Mirren let him go in the first place, to be honest. Yeah, I mean he he he's been a really solid defender for you, and I mean I I think. Uh, I can't remember if I've maybe said that on the podcast or not, but I can't remember you exactly being entirely convinced about him coming in initially. But, I mean, he's certainly done a good job, despite the fact Morton's defence maybe hasn't been all that great throughout the season. Um, I don't, I don't. to be fair, I don't think it's been him that's been the fault of any goals that I can really remember, to be honest. It's, it's more than often than not been, been either his centre-back partner or, or kind of anybody in midfield or the full-back positions. So, yeah, I'm not putting Morton's cons- uh, kind of goal conceded column down to down to Jack Baird anyway. Yeah, I mean the final player that we've kinda of got in this list is A United's Aaron Muirhead. Um Muirhead has played twenty three games and has one goal and one assist. Nothing too kind of fantastic or whatever, but I mean that's certainly a player that stands out perhaps for the wrong reasons at times. He does have quite a nasty streak in him. There was uh, there's been a few instances where he's going to hit out and just he, he's quite a dirty player but s- some really good numbers actually um, third best in the league for tackles per 90 and third best for aerial dual success rate and also has eight successful defensive actions per 90 which ranks quite highly amongst championship centre backs as well so maybe a player that's went under the radar a little bit compared to like some uh, McCart and Donaldson and O'Brien and what have you but Certainly someone who's had a really good season. Definitely. Let's move on to the midfield then. Um, do we want to start on the left-hand side? Go on then, start on the left. Uh, I'm going to wax lyrical about Nicky Cadden. Um, so straight off the bat, he gets in my team. Um, he's had uh, a very, very good season for Morton, being our, our absolute standout. Um, to be honest, and I uh, really and, and Morton fans will agree with me on this. I think we we all dread to think where we would be in this league without Nicky Cadden. Um, he actually missed a a couple of, a, a bit of a chunk of the season as well, where um, I think we we picked up a couple of results, but but did struggle in a few games as well for, for any creativity. So um, I think he's got maybe five goals, nine assists as well. Um, is he is he leading the way in the assist chart? I think I saw. Uh, I think Paul McMillan's maybe got one, one or two more, but I mean, yeah, if not, he's sec- uh, Cadden's second or third, I think. Yeah, and he won February Player of the Month, so obviously if you win the last Player of the Month award, that means you, you keep it for the entire season, I think that's the rules there. Um, so, uh, and scorer of, uh, in my opinion anyway, the best goal of the season, I think you might disagree with that when we when we maybe do another podcast on some awards of the season, that, that beautiful volley um, away to Aloha. Uh, which I was behind the the whole way and, and watched it hit the post and, and go in, which was an absolute beauty. Uh, and yeah, just I think he's been uh, a, an unreal pickup for us, and and just massively hope that he, he signs a new deal and, and we can keep him for maybe at least another another season. Yeah, I mean I think that would be massive for for yourselves. I'm gonna say it as well, Cadden's in my team, and I mean I think this was one of the easier picks uh, for the team. Uh, there are of course two absolutely dead sets it I don't think anyone's going to doubt and I think even just by mentioning that people know who the two players are but we'll get to them later uh, Cadden as you say has been a real standout for yourselves and 
Uh, he'd mentioned his assists, and he's actually got the highest assists per 90 of all left mids with over a 1,000 minutes in the uh, division with 0 0.48 per 90. So that's that, that's pretty good going that he's getting assists nearly every other game played. So, yeah, can't really complain with that. Other players uh, we have are Arbroath's Bobby Lynn, uh, another shout for possibly the best part-time player in Scotland. Um, Lynn's been absolutely central to Arbroath's success this season and it's quite hard to believe that he's pushing 35 years old um, I mean he's I think it's 6 goals and 6 assists we, we did mention that Arbroath haven't exactly scored much but Lynn has certainly played a big part in any goals that they have scored for the most part and I mean it's, it's quite a shame I guess you could say that he's as old as he is and only getting this kind of chance in the championship now um, but he's been a real joy to watch Oh definitely yeah I, I think I watched him score an absolute cracking free kick against us up at Arbroath last year, and um, yeah, I mean he's he's just a constant danger as well. When he when he got the ball, I think he he has struggled a bit with injury this year, um, if I'm if I'm not wrong there. So I think if if we do get back to to some form of football so far this season, and, and he's back fit again, then that'll be a huge plus for Arbroath. Yeah, absolutely. And then the final player that we've got in this one, but. In discussing it kind of before the pod started, we weren't sure whether to put him left midfield, right midfield, striker, attacking midfield, or where. And that is Dundee United's Nicky Clark. Of course, people will probably know Nicky Clark from his time from uh, from his time at Rangers. Before that, he had a, a really good spell at Queen of the South, and then also played for Madden Fairman kind of after being at Rangers. And kind of since going to Dundee United, played up front, but Robbie Nielsen's kind of moulded him into. Uh, I, I mean. A, as I say, I'm not quite sure what position you'd say because he's kind of played across that kind of attacking midfield line out wide and what have you. Kind of like a second striker almost, but, but yeah, because we've cause we've gone for a traditional four four two formation. Um, yeah, I think we're we're sticking him out on the left, aren't we? Yeah, so I mean, I think Clark's someone who's definitely made a big impact for United this season. 18 games, seven goals, four assists, and I mean, as we just said, he's traditionally a striker, so to be getting those numbers kind of out wide or kind of in a kind of deeper role if you like I mean I think that kind of speaks volumes about the kind of quality of player he is um had a really bad uh, ankle injury um kind of when I think it was start of January and that kind of came just whilst he was in the midst of his kind of best run of form of the season um in which he made a goal contribution in nine of his last 11 games before that and I mean, he was in the form of his life, I guess. I guess you could maybe say, maybe not always scoring, but setting tons up for a certain Lauren Shankland. And, yeah, I mean, a, a really good player, but I think just because of the system, he's, he's quite unfortunate to miss out and because we can't really define him to just one position. Yeah, and another player that we couldn't really define to one position, but I've uh, defined him to the right wing, um, and that's Alan Forrest. Um, 25 games, 10 goals, and just just three assists, which I thought would be much more. But uh, yeah, he was he was kind of on fire towards the the, the first half of the, in the first half of the season, and kind of goals. Um, he's played so yeah, like I said, played on both the right and the left. Um, so far this season, and we've been massively impressed with him uh, over the course of the season. Obviously, he's he's earned that move to to Livy, and I think that's a, a really good move for him, just to just to slot in to to Livy's kind of. Well, a lot of players just seem to slot into Liddy's system, and I think he's definitely going to be one of them. Um, I think it's a a bit of a. It probably is a bit of a debate, but I, I think he's been 
a, a real standout for me in comparison to some of the other names that we might just quickly talk about too. Yeah, absolutely. Forrest is also right mid, right wing, right mid, whatever you want to call it. In, in my team, um, as you say, he's kind of played on either side, but for the sake, we couldn't have Nicky Cadden missing out, so Forrest uh, is on the right, which, I mean, that, that's a pretty good wing partnership. Um, a few stats on Forrest, you'd mentioned his 10 goals and his 3 assists. Um, he's actually exceeding both his expected goals and expected assists tallies. Um his expected goals was nine, and his expected assists was two point five. So, I mean, he's, he you can't really argue if he, if he's outperforming them, and he's also got the best dribble percentage success rate um, for for wingers with over a thousand minutes with sixty five percent. So, yeah, certainly a real standout player who I'm really looking forward to seeing playing for Livingston, and I'm going to make quite a bold claim. Um, Lyndon Dykes made the step up quite effortlessly from the Championship to Livingston last year. I'm tipping Alan Forrest to do the same next season. Yeah, I agree with that, to be honest. Um, again, probably, I think we, we're going to get accused of being harsh to Dundee United in this podcast. I'm, I'm certain of it. But Paul McMullen just misses out for me on that right-hand side. Again, he has been very good for Dundee United so far this season. No dispute in that at all. But... Um, I think for me and for what I've seen of the league and what I've seen of all the matches, uh, Alan Forrest just pips um, him and my, and my team on that right-hand side. But but yeah, like I said, McMullen has been very good too. 10 assists um, and has really... I think he probably assisted quite a lot of Shankland's goals and, and like you said, we, we'll, we'll talk about Shankland 100% when we come into the strikers. But for me, if... if if it's a right winger you're looking for, I'm I'm looking for Forrest um, in this team rather than McMullen. As a man, I think it's quite unfortunate McMullen does miss out. He is a player who, on his day, is absolutely superb. But when you kind of look at when he was getting these goals and assists, um, eight of the ten assists came within the first seven league games, and two of the three goals he scored also came in that period. And I mean, that's what back to about end of September time, and he's so he's got what two assists and one goal since then he's I think he really set the bar high for himself with the start of the season but given he's not done much since I think he's kind of been a victim of his own success I guess you could maybe argue but like you I think it's it's got to be Forrest for me but there are a few other players that we kind of just brought into the conversation but I mean I don't think they were really ever going to compete with a with Forrest or even McMullen um one of them was Forrest's Air United teammate Luke McEwen. Um, McEwen, another pure championship favourite, has kind of spent time on both wings and it's kind of had a quite, quite the breakthrough season. Five goals, five assists for him. And I mean, I think Air could really look to him to fill the void that Forrest will leave when he heads to Livingston next season and a player that we've really got to keep an eye on. Um, another player, um, this is, a well, I'm saying bias, but. It's uh, kind of similarly to the ones earlier on with Hazard and Parry. Um, Dom Thomas came in to Dunfermline in January to replace Greg Kilty. Uh, and in his eight games, he's got one goal and five assists. So I, mean, I think it would have been really interesting to see how he deferred uh, if he'd been with the pass all season. I mean, I don't think anyone could really fault Thomas since since he's come in at the pass and he's actually had the second most successful attacking actions since his arrival so I mean you can't really complain with that he's a player who is a real class act and as I say it's a real pity that he wasn't here the whole season Um, Yeah I guess on that one just to get five assists in those eight games is already more than some of the 
the kind of options that have been in the league for playing the majority of the season. So again, a, a really good return. But but yeah, I think you've you've got your black and white specs on a little bit uh, with that one. I I'd probably have um, Louis Aperi in there before uh, kind of Dom Thomas. I don't have the stats on him unfortunately, but. Um, yeah, he's he's been a, a he's he's really impressed me so far this season, and in, in a similar vein to Luke McEwen, where this has been that standout and um, breakthrough season for him, and I'm really excited to see what he can do, uh, if and if and when Dundee United get up to the Premiership. Yeah, as am I. I think a Perry, similar to Nicky Clark, actually is quite unfortunate because he's played in so many different positions and played in them really well, played out on both wings and kind of as a striker as well. So quite difficult, kind of say where he really should be in this team but certainly a player that I think people should be keeping an eye on as he's one of the most promising players uh, currently playing the trade in the championship Definitely um, Centre midfielders was a bit of a tricky one for us wasn't it? It's been a it's been a season where none of them have really stood out in terms of the eye test so we maybe had to dive into a, a few stats yeah, I mean, I think there was, you're saying nobody really passed eye test. I think you could probably say there was one, really, two a push. Uh, the first one, an absolute definite being Air United, Stephen Kelly. He joined on loan from Rangers. I think he's only 19 years old and he's absolutely bossed the championship. I mean, he's played all barn 12 minutes of his league campaign, five goals, three assists. And, I mean, he's playing well beyond his years and playing alongside the highly experienced Mark Kerr, who is, is now his manager, will no doubt have helped him kind of progress, but a player who has massively stood out for me in what has been another really good performing air team. Yeah, and again, like I said, none have really passed the eye test, but, but Kelly has for, for me in particular. I really like players who are a threat from set pieces, um, and we've seen that um, from his corners. He's, he's definitely produced a, a few... Um, air goals from them and and free kicks as well um, and and yeah I, th- I think he's he really impressed me especially at the start of the season and um, when air were kind of firing on all cylinders with Forrest and, and McEwen and Kelly kind of backing them up through the centre um, but yeah even in uh, since Mark Kerr's taken over in the last couple of months as well he's he's really kind of kicked on again and, and been a, a vital player for air this season yeah it has so another player that we're going to that's certainly not past our eye test. We've been very critical of him throughout the pod, but when we had Joe Joe Hart Winks on for the Dundee United pod that Chris mentioned earlier on, he was very, very complimentary of him, and that is Callum Butcher. Um, Butcher is a player who, as I say, me and Chris haven't really been that keen on. He won the Player of the Month back in December, if I, if I recall correctly, and I remember the pair of us both kind of questioning why, but as someone who doesn't see anything more than the highlights of Dundee United games other than when they're actually playing against the Pars um, or, or obviously on BBC you don't really kind of see all that Butcher does and I mean I think Joe was quite right in suggesting that perhaps Butcher is more important to Dundee United than Shankland um, but I mean I, I guess that's something that Dundee United fans can debate but what, what have you made of Butcher? Yeah, I completely agree with what you said and I think if you look at the, the results kind of before um, play uh, kind of stopped in the league so far this season he missed um, at least those last three matches where Dundee United didn't pick up a win um, and you just see uh, obviously it's very simplistic to say this but is that down to Cam Butcher missing uh, and him being that vital cog in that Dundee United team 
can't say for certain, but I think it, it is a big part of that, 100%. And I, I think Joe was right in, in saying and definitely highlighting him that he's he's a very important player for them. And I, I think it completely what, what you said as well was we were, it was a couple of months or at least a couple of game weeks where every week maybe he would pick up the Man of the Match award and, and we would chat to each other and be like, what what is going on there? Um, because it is it's very difficult to see the impact that these kind of players have in these teams if they're not kind of appearing on the highlights every two minutes. Um, and, and I think Butcher gets in my team. I haven't seen a lot of him, but I think if you were doing a championship team of the season, Cal Butcher would be in it, 100% for me. So I'm, I went with a different view here. Um, I am including a player who I have praised, I praised on Twitter a few months back, and that is our bros Miko Vertanen. Um, on kind of similar to Butcher, he doesn't really give much in an attacking sense, but certainly defensively, it's where he shines. I mean, I labelled him the Finnish warrior on Twitter. I mean, I think if you want the, if you want play broken up, he's your man. I mean, at the time, he was leading all the kind of relevant stats and. He's pretty much leading all this, all of them even now. And I, I think that was about the halfway stage of the season when I'd tweeted that out. Much to his delight, he liked it. His mum liked it. His dad liked it. Um, <laughs> half the Avro team liked it. I mean, I, I, certainly, I, I was re- I was really happy to see him get the praise he deserved. He's on, he's another young player who uh, is Aberdeen he's on loan from. Um, yeah. And he's coming, like, like Kelly has air and really, really shown. And a player who... I think given that I'd kind of known his numbers and stuff, that I was able to kind of pick more of that up in Arbro's highlights. Um, a few, Just a few numbers before mentioning another, another player that I think certainly deserves a lot of credit. Um, so Vertanen has the most successful defensive actions of all centre mids in the league per 90 with 14. He uh, has second most tackles per 90 of all centre mids with over a thousand minutes as well with 1.4. And he also ranks highly for the likes of interceptions and blocks and and stuff like that as well, and I mean that—that's exactly what you're wanting. And I think we've mentioned Arbro's good defensive record, and Vertanen's certainly, certainly been pivotal in that defending in that midfield and not really letting anyone get past him. Um, so the final player that I think both of us have been big fans of and definitely deserves credit is Alwa's Ian Flanagan. Um, if Bobby Lynn isn't the best part-time player, then Flanagan may may well be. Um, He's currently got the best pass accuracy of all centre mids in the league with just below 90%. And someone who really keeps Aloha ticking, someone who, particularly in those televised games at the at Recreation Park against Dundee United, you could really see him making a difference in those games. And, I mean, just a really, really solid player who, as I say, has kept Aloha ticking. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree, and and like you said, it was it was good to see you go viral in Finland um, with that with that tweet on on Mika Fortanen, um, and Ian Flanagan as well. Like he's he's still doing the business, um, and he, like you said, he keeps Alawa uh, ticking completely. Um, is there any players that we think we've maybe missed out on here? Um, I think we we might get um, a little bit of. Uh, a few suggestions, at least from from another couple of players, uh, from a couple of fans. Um, could could Graham Dorans make this list, Cami? I mean, I think it's quite difficult. I think when he was signed, I think I think we both said he's going to be the best player in the league. And I mean, he's only really shown glimpses, and he's he's not really done enough for me. I don't know if I've maybe got far too high expectations for him. I know he's had injury problems in recent years, but. 
I mean, part of me just was expecting a bit more from him. He's not really... I, I mean, I, I don't know what I was quite expecting from him, but certainly what he's delivered wasn't that. Um, so, I mean, I think... Ex- in terms of being expected to be in it, definitely, but, I mean, he's, he's not done enough for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, there was a, a good spell there where he was keeping Dundee ticking and, and Dundee were playing through him. Um, I think if you were doing a team of the season on kind of reputation, uh, and I think sometimes when you see these teams of the seasons, they are kind of done on reputation and you, you kind of question some players getting in there. I feel like Graham Dorns would probably get in the actual championship team of the season um, if it was done um, right now, just because people maybe look at his name, look at what he's achieved, and and maybe just stick him in there just because. Um, but but yeah, I mean he's been decent, but I think we probably expected better from him as well. Yeah, absolutely. So shall we move on to the two easiest positions uh, of the, this team then? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So for strikers then, uh, I mean, I think there was only two options that could have really been picked for these two places, and that is Lauren Shankland of Dundee United and Kevin Nisbet of Dunfermline. Um, the pair of them have scored goals galore and been absolutely integral to each of their sides this season. I'd actually worked out that without uh, the goal Shankland scored that kind of changed results, Dundee United would actually be 22 points worse off. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can understate his his impact that he's had on this United team because if you took off their 22 points they'd be down in 5th place it wouldn't be, what is it, 15 ahead or whatever so, I mean, absolutely massive from him 26 games, 24 goals only 3 of which have been penalties and he's got 0.9 goals per 90 which is absolutely mental regardless of the level you're playing at I mean, to be scoring nearly a goal a game is, is some form and he was rightly called up to that the Scotland team a few months back yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it was just when the the season started, and there was well, actually, first coming kind of couple of podcasts for us. I think if he'd continued on that trajectory of of how he started scoring this season, he would have ended up with like fifty odd goals. Um, obviously that that kind of subsided a little bit, but still to have that number that he's got is just ridiculous. And uh, quite rightly, I think he he would scoop up all the kind of Player of the Year awards um, if if it happened tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can really disagree there. Shankland has really built on that season he had with Ayr last year, played really well upon promotion from League One, where he'd absolutely bossed it as well, and he, he just keeps getting better. And this is someone who, he, I mean, another player who was on loan at Dunfermline, who, I mean, he played all right, but he wasn't really up to much. He'd... Yeah, he was, he was shocked. He was shocking at Morton on loan, to be, to be fair. He was, he was out of shape. He was unfit. Um, and he's just turned that round completely since he went to air um, and then moved on to Dundee United as well. Absolutely, I mean he's he's really really kind of built on that side of the game, and I mean you you look at the kind of different goals he scores. There's not kind of goals he can't score. One of the goals that really springs to mind was his goal against Inverness a few weeks back. It was just before the kind of football got stopped. Uh, I think it was Friday night on BBC Scotland, and just the composure he had took two Inverness players at the game and slotted at home, but. I mean, he scored some cracking goals this year and has been absolutely pivotal for Dundee United and is rightly going to be a Premiership player, whether that is with Dundee United or someone else picks him up. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's been absolutely massive for them, similarly to just how massive Nisbet's been for my pars. Like you said with Cadden, I mean, I'd hate to imagine where the pars would be without Nisbet. Nisbet has 
17 goals in 24 games for us and Mr. passed uh, like at the final few games before the football was stopped and I mean it really showed we were just really kind of lacking up top his link up plays superb and he can score all sorts of goals he's got a goals per 90 rating of 0.76 which I mean if Shanklin wasn't in the division it would be quite quite a bit better than anyone else's in the league but Shanklin's there so it makes it look quite bad but I mean, it's still a it's still a really good return. Um, I mean, I think, as I said when we started this, these were the two easiest ones to kind of name. Um, but there were kind of a few honourable mentions. But I mean, for different reasons. I mean, I don't think any of them really stand any real chance of getting named in any team. So you want to go through those honourable mentions? Ah uh, well, yeah. I think these are probably players who obviously score a, a good number of goals for their team and, and on any other season would probably be a, a good level of goals um, but yeah there, there's those two uh, options that we've both gone for in our teams of the season that, that obviously stand out a bit more so um, Kevin O'Hara someone we've spoken about a lot um, for Aloha he was on a, a, an incredible run of form I think just before I went away was it was it those consecutive uh, doubles that he scored or, or yeah there was three consecutive doubles Aye, uh, three doubles in a week almost. So um, yeah, but he's got ten goals um, this season. Um, this the stats are. are I'm not going to go through them because they're, they're nowhere near um, O'Hara. Uh, O'Hara, sorry, um, Shankland in this bit. But um, yeah, I think he's been a, a massive part of of Alawa's team and, and a massive part of them um, battling to stay up, which uh, I think I think they probably will or, or will do. Um, Bob McHugh has been massive for Morton as well. He missed a, a again similarly to Cadden actually missed a a decent chunk of of the season too but he still managed to, to play 20 games and score 8 goals for us obviously Cadden's been a, a huge part of our season mentioned Jack Baird at the back too but again McHugh scored a couple a, a good couple of important goals for us and, and I would hate to think where we would be without a few of those and then one player we, we did want to talk about who, who had a, a bit of a, a decent kind of spell again just maybe I think it was while I was away and Dundee's form kind of picked up but but Kane Hemmings um, has managed to to hit 10 goals um, so far this season that's a player we we probably should uh, discuss a little bit Cammy because I think we were expecting big things similarly to um, Doran's coming in Dundee we probably thought that that Hemmings would score uh, quite a few more than just the 10. Yeah I mean you beat me to it in saying kind of similarly to Doran's expectations were sitting a lot higher for Hemmings. Hemmings is a player that a lot of people in Scotland know a lot about. He done really well at Cowden Beef and in a previous spell with Dundee as well. And I mean, to have only scored ten goals, most of which kind of came in the few weeks before the season was stopped. I mean, wasn't really what anyone was expecting. I don't think he was really helped by James McPake's constant kind of tinkering of the tactics. There was so many weeks at the beginning of the season when we were calling for McPake to play two up top. They had Hemmings. They had. Nelson and they had uh, Danny Johnson but for whatever reason McPake would play one up top and it, it was just it was really strange because you'd think with all that firepower stick two up top and you should score goals for fun but I mean, it's just really not worked kind of out for him but he's kind of found that form and I mean I think he'll be quite annoyed that the season has been stopped when it has because as you say he was just kind of finding form so whether the season resumes or not and he's able to maybe push himself up to 15 goals I don't know I think he'd be a lot happier if he if he does manage that but certainly next season anyway he'll definitely be wanting more than the, the goals he's got so far 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we finish up, I just want to give a, another quick mention to, to Jordan White too. He's a player who I've, I've spoken about and then talked up quite a lot so far this season. I, I really like the way he goes about things and, and Inverness kind of set up to, to play to his strengths as well. Um, he's the kind of focal point of their team. So, yeah, I just wanted to quickly mention him too. Um, uh, and no Dobie. Yeah, yeah, no Stephen Dobby. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy considering how well he played last year. Um something like 20 odd goals uh, just in the league and I mean Dobby was absolutely crucial for Queen's staying up last year but things just really haven't clicked for him he was injured early on in the season kind of took a wee while to get going but just kind of seems to lost his touch a wee bit whether that's down to London Dykes having moved on and just kind of having to try and get used to different strike partners and just kind of generally worse teammates I mean a Queen of the South for a team who lost nearly all, their entire team uh, at the end of last season and Alan Johnson was forced to try and build a team from scratch they had that good start but I've, I've looked really poor for quite some time now and I mean I think if the season ends now they might be quite thankful because they might be spared from relegation because Partick Thistle kind of looked a wee bit better lately but Queen of the South will certainly be will be glad given Dobby hasn't exactly lived up to last season or previous seasons yeah, definitely. I think he, he's managed to get six assists in the league. I think so, which which does uh, get him into the top five um, of that. But but yeah, n- nowhere near the the number of goals uh, that he scored last season. So just drops off in terms of any team of the season or, or player of the season shouts. I think. Cami, we've uh, assembled both of our teams. Uh, I think there's uh, there wasn't much uh, debate between both of them. I think it was quite tricky. Um, to make completely different teams but just remind us of yours again and I'll go through mine in a sec so uh, my team is McCrory and Goals, right back Rooney centre backs of Graham and Donaldson left back Harvey right right wing Forrest, centre mids Vertanen and Kelly, left wing Cadden, up top Kevin Nisbet and Lauren Shankland uh, and mine was Robbie McCrory and Goals I've got Rooney at right back Daniel Harvey left back and then a centre back pairing of Jamie McCart and Tam O'Brien. Centre midfield, I've got Stephen Kelly and Callum Butcher. Out on the right is Forrest. Out on the left, Nicky Cadden. And up front, uh, <laughs> nobody else other than Nisbet and Lauren Shankland. So that is us. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, replies to <laughs> once this podcast goes out, and we're, I'm sure we've probably forgotten at least one player if not more from your team that you think might have got into the team but but yeah give us a shout uh, and give us your your thoughts on whether you think that that uh, we, we maybe should change um, a few of our picks that we've got um cammy we don't really know when we'll be back but i think we are planning to to come back and have a, another big chat about um some of the awards that we, we maybe want to give out yeah, I mean, we've, we've kind of come up with your kind of traditional player of the seasons and stuff like that, a few more kind of quirky awards just for just for fun. So, we'll, obviously, as Chris said at the start of the podcast, we, we don't really know what's going to happen with this season. So, whether we come back next week or the following week, we'll, we'll make sure that there's still pure championship for you to listen to. And if there's any kind of content you'd like me and Chris to cover during this kind of lockdown period, feel free to fire it our way, whether that's kind of more in-depth team reviews or kind of just remembering certain matches or month-by-month reviews or anything like that let us know and I'm sure we'll be more than happy to 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 do it for you definitely and um I think there's there's plenty more um, podcasts coming from from pure football um as they are as well so definitely check those out um if you can as well uh thanks for listening and Cami thank you
Thank you.